You're listening to the Retirement Solution Podcast with John Hicks. Helping you solve the retirement puzzle. Welcome to the Retirement Solution with John Hicks. Here with John Hicks, I'm Jennifer Perry. And remember, if you have any questions for us here on the Retirement Solution, you can always drop us an email through our website at retirementsolutionradio.com. I think like a lot of our listeners, John, we just want this year to be over. I kind of want this election to be over, too. And for you, though, you've already cast your vote, right? Absolutely. I mean, that was one of the first things I thought is that, hey, who knows if they're going to, you know, have uh, barricades in front of all the voting booths? Who knows, you know, how this is going to work out? Uh, I did my absentee ballot uh, over a week ago. So I'd actually cast my vote uh, before I even saw the vice presidential debate. Okay, but are you worried at all that it's not going to be counted or show up, you know, on election day? Well, yes, of course I am. Okay, uh, but I am going to I'm going to rely heavily on the fact that our our good people in the postal service are going to do everything in their power to deliver a fair and honest election. It's not completely their fault. It's all of us, right, Right. as Americans? Mm -hmm. Because who wants a contested election? That would be the worst thing ever. You know, I I think that that would actually be a lot worse than the person that we might choose uh, losing. Uh, a contested election is is not good. It's not good. But, you know, that didn't stop the other side when Trump was elected to spend three and a half years <laughs> doing everything they can to try to get the guy out of office. Right. Yep. Uh, exactly. But of course, now, now they want it to be uncontested. Uh huh. We'll That's OK. See. That's OK. Because here's the thing, guys. The thing is, is that if we take the higher ground. We do the right things. But again, the thing about the party, or it's not even the party, the thing about politics that I think is the most important is how we individually uh, respond to these challenges. I believe in personal responsibility. I believe in being fair. I believe in being equitable. But I also believe that it's not the government's job to come out here with uh, baby spoons and feed us from the mouth. I think that if we want to teach a society to do better, we have to teach them that they need to know better, yeah. which means that, you know, I don't believe in giving a bunch of fish. Teach us how to fish. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we do. And uh, and I think that we can all do something from that. But anyway, uh, having said that, yeah, I'm a little nervous uh, well, about the, the ballots being there. So that's why I'm a little bit old school, John. There's something for me about actually voting on Election Day. So I will go and I will stand yeah. in the line. I don't know. There's just something about that for me. I, I don't know if I'm alone in this because I know a lot of people love the early voting well, and the convenience. But I think there's something about the process that I really like. I would agree with you on that. I, and, and historically, I've always felt, I don't know, proud or, or civic pride when I get that little that little sticker that says I voted. Uh-huh. And it has nothing to do with anyone else. There's just something mentally in my mind where I think I did my job here. Uh, and something about just writing it in. You know, with one of my kids' crayons uh, in the middle of the evening before I, you know, lick the stamp to put it on there and get it in the mail. It's kind of like, oh, I bet they don't count it because it's, uh, it's not a dangling Chad, but it's done in, uh, in magenta. And they don't recognize the crayon color magenta uh, this year. It's going to be that nonsense, right? Yeah, it sounds like it. You know, We'll see what happens after this election. But all of us are kind of wishing that it could be over. We can't wait for this pandemic to be over, too, John. We're looking for some progress there. But Ugh. billionaire businessman David Rubenstein told CNBC recently that really the financial landscape is probably going to look very different post-pandemic. People are trying to make guesses now about what is going to happen after 
we kind of get a vaccine and we go back to work, we are going to change our life. Remember, just in one year, we've changed our life dramatically, probably more so than we did in any 10 or 20 or 30 year period before because of what COVID has done to make people work at home and work remotely. And so people are going to take advantage of this and private equity will look for good ways to invest in that area. So for someone who's getting close to retirement, John, is that kind of thing considered risky or do you actually help people look for some of those new investment possibilities based on that changing landscape? You know, I I think, Jennifer, that the landscape is always changing and this is not new. You know, I think one of the things I studied, you know, uh, my goodness, it's probably the late 80s, early 90s when we discuss, you know, market cycles. Mm -hmm. Markets run in cycles and they do it very differently from one year to the next. So this is not different that things change, which is so interesting to me when so many of the old school traditional investment philosophies is buy one company or buy one mutual fund and then just hold on to it for freaking ever. (laughs) It doesn't matter if the cows come home or the cows turn into beef jerky. We're going to hold on to this here statement. We're going to hold on to this here investment forever. But guys, things change. Yeah. You know, when you really look at this year, what we saw is we've seen two very interesting things. We've seen treasury bonds outperform nearly everything. Really? Except for technology. Uh. Ooh, now check that right out. So pandemic, no pandemic, what we have seen is a very different change of this current landscape. But to the point, Jennifer, where we have to be aware of what's going on. I am very, very fearful when I hear people tell me, well, John, you know, I, I do the same thing that I've always done. I do this type of investment and I stay with it forever. And I'm like, that's great. You know, you're, you're probably not going to have a really bad situation if the market declines quickly. But what if things have actually changed on the landscape? For instance, people that have actually had a diversified portfolio and had a lot of international investments have absolutely stunk for the last three or four years. Yeah. I mean, absolutely stunk. Yep. So the question is, why would we own things when we are very aware that they may stink for a while, mm-hmm. okay? So treasury bonds have, are frankly one of the safest bonds out there. They're actually backed by the U.S. Treasury, which means that, you know, assuming that we don't go broke tomorrow, right? Right. You know, we, we will be able to pay those off. Now, by the way, if the U.S. government can't pay its debts, I don't know how any of the other companies out there are going to manage. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when I say that this is safe, guys, right next to like a CD, treasury bonds are the second safest thing you can probably get in your hands. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So those, many of them have gone up nearly double digits on this year and they have very little risk. So if you think about it in that regard, how many of us actually owned a lot of those treasuries in our portfolios? Hmm. Hmm. But how many of us may have owned corporate debt or corporate bonds that have done really not very well at all? Yeah. Because interest rates are terrible, right? Mm -hmm. Interest rates are horrible. At the same time, if you look at the Dow Jones, and a lot of people know what the Dow Jones industrial average is, it's still negative on the year, where the technology companies, most of them, at least the NASDAQ, is positive double digits. So the reason I ask this and the reason I say this, I think that David Rubenstein is exactly right. I think that we are going to see a very different change of things after this uh, pandemic. Mm -hmm. But the question is, is that do we have strategies that will change with changing times? Now, when I look out there, most people do not. And that makes me very nervous when it comes down to producing income. So, Jennifer, when we think about what this show is really based on, which is, hey, feeling confident going into retirement, 
having a game plan that will not only give you an income stream, but make sure that we can tackle our tax obligations, make sure that we can grow the money and make sure that there's something left for the beneficiaries that Uncle Sam doesn't take. And at the end, hopefully we don't have it all lost to long-term care. You know, that's what the entire life cycle of retirement really should look like, making sure your plan does all those things. Mm -hmm. But when we look at how this change is going to be, I think it's going to be different when it comes to income. And that's because when we look at what things pay us when we go to the bank, it's almost nothing. It's pathetic, and it and, probably and, and, will be for a while. And it could be this way for a very long period of time. Mm-hmm. And this is what post-pandemic economics. I think that interest rates will be artificially low for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And if we can't get money from CDs or from quality bonds, well, how are we going to make the money unless we put it in the market? And right. see how scary that gets? Yeah, there's Because risk. the stock market yeah. is literally, Jennifer, literally at the all-time highs when you look at the Buffett indicator, which basically just says, hey, how much money are these companies earning in comparison to how much we have to pay for them? Basically, are, are things cheap or expensive? Mm-hmm. Well, the Buffett indicator says things are pretty dang expensive. Right. And that full doesn't price mean it has at Macy's, to, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like not only is it full price at Macy's, they got a 10% surcharge <laughs> just to come in the door. Right. Right? And that's kind of what we're looking at. So the problem is how do we produce an income? How can we spend money from those savings? Because that's what retirement is, right? Unless we get an unbelievable pension, which if you do, guys, just pat yourself on the back. You did a great job if you got that awesome pension. But if you're trying to pull income from a 401k or an IRA based on mutual funds and things in the market and in cash and bonds and things like that, if you don't have a correct strategy, I'm very worried. I am very worried that things are going to absolutely blow up for the majority of retired Americans. Hmm. And I don't want that to happen. Nope. As a matter of fact, I want to fix that problem. And that's exactly why we created our Omega Strategies. Jennifer, this is the thing that's been going on for a while when we've seen lower and lower and lower interest rates and we've seen the market go higher and higher and higher. That big void, that gap between interest rates going so far down and the market going so far up, that is potential doom. Yeah. But we need an income stream regardless of what those two asset classes are doing. What Omega was built to do, the entire point of this strategy, is to give us a tremendous amount of downside protection, 30% downside protection. 40%, up to 50% downside protection on the market. Pretty darn good, right? Yeah, that sounds pretty good. And who's giving us this protection? A-rated banks. Hmm. Actual banks that are A-rated or better. Wow. So the thing of it is, is we're trying to get good quality institutions to help us out so that we can be retired, right? Yeah. But the main thing is, is we want income payments. We want them to pay us on a monthly basis better than we can get paid from CDs or bonds or maybe even dividends. We want a payment between five, six, seven, eight, maybe even nine percent a year on our money. Wow. Cash on cash. Okay. And those are the types of things that Omega can create. These are all unique and they're not right for everyone. They do involve securities. And so there are some people that this may not be a right fit for. But if you think about it, Jennifer, if annuities have been that thing that everyone goes to when they're trying to produce an income, most annuities right now are running at some of the worst interest rates we will ever see over the rest of our lives. Yeah. And I don't want people to lock those in if they're trying to get an income stream from those things. Omega might be a better benefit to them, but you have to know, how can you create that income without it first? Which is why we typically do an income quote. What we want to find out is, is there a way that we can generate a better income off of anything that we want to invest in? And what we find out time and time again is that the Omega strategies produce an income that's between 30 
to over 100% higher than other alternatives. Whoa. And it still has a high degree of safety, which is pretty interesting. So those are those types of things that in a post-pandemic world, when we don't know what's going to happen, we don't know who the president's going to be, but we do feel pretty confident interest rates are going to stay low for a while. And the market, even if it doesn't fall apart, is pretty dang expensive. And it makes it kind of risky to pull income from something that could come down in any minute. That's why Omega. Have questions for John? Drop us an email at retirementsolutionradio.com. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if John Hicks is licensed in your state, please call 502-690-5635. J. Hagen Capital Inc. is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through John Hicks, Kentucky Insurance License Number 998827. 